Hello, 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 and welcome to the Anti-Racist Enneagram Podcast with Jessica Denise Dixon, where we look at life and healing at the intersections of the Enneagram, anti-racism, and embodiment for personal and collective liberation. Let's go. Not trying to get by. Trying to get by. I'm trying to get free. Yo, yo, yo. So on an Instagram post that I wrote, um, someone commented with a question around like, what is healing? They were saying that they really had thought that they had healed from something, but they recently found themselves triggered and it was very confusing. Um, And I want to spend a little bit of time kind of talking about what I think healing is, maybe unpacking that a little bit. But first I wanna say that my definition of what healing is, is emergent. That means that I, I see what I see now, I know what I know now, I believe what I believe now, but I absolutely hold space for my vision around it to expand and change as I grow, as I expand, as I change. And so if you would ask me five years ago, probably would have had a whole different definition. I wouldn't have necessarily conceptualized it or even thought about it in the same way. But as I grow, so does my work. And so here are some thoughts about healing. Now, they're not in like order of importance, but I just have a few thoughts that I would like to share. First, I want to say that I believe our healing journey, um, that the end game to that is our nervous system. Our nervous systems give us our ideas about what is safe for us. So we might do a lot of intellectual work or even emotional work, processing things, feeling our feelings, understanding what our part in something was, what went wrong, understanding our trauma, how how it lives in trauma responses now, how we haven't completed things, understanding the implications, right? We can have all of that. But until our embodied knowing reflects that in our nervous systems, we can still be triggered. Now, I was betrayed by someone years ago who came back years later into my life because they wanted to apologize. And at that point, I had done a lot of healing work intellectually, rewiring my thought patterns around it, like making what I would consider really, really important progress dealing with my heart, dealing with some attachment system stuff. Um, And so we had this conversation and after we spoke, my nervous system was frayed for days, like not even exaggerating days. And I really had to use, use like every tool in my toolkit so that my body actually knew at that time that I was safe. Because my body was like, um, hello, do you remember how you got hurt last time you spoke to that person? Do you remember? Do you remember? And my, my, yeah, (laughs) my body was like, oh no, no, no danger, danger. So what was in my head, what was in my heart, it needed to get into my embodied reality. And often that's work that's missing often that um, leaves us still being triggered by things that we otherwise believed that we had worked through or that we had worked through on certain levels, but not others. So embodiment, I believe, is really a key to healing. 
my second thought is that sometimes we can reconcile things, but um, we won't always feel like the satisfaction of healing. Once we, when we heal from something, often what happens is we're, we don't have the same level of trigger. Sometimes we're not triggered by the same things anymore, or we're not as triggered and our nervous system goes from trigger to completion. So it's able to complete the cycle. Um, and when we're in a trauma response, when we have not done the healing work, it's like our, our, our system responds. It just reacts to keep us safe. Um, now, sometimes we can do the work and we can get to the point where we're not really triggered by something or the trigger doesn't bother us in the same way. And sometimes we just keep dealing with the trigger. Sometimes we can heal up to a certain point, but some things will still trigger us. You know, I have thought that I had moved through, <laughs> that I've passed through certain things and then they come up and I'm like, oh, you're still there. And I have to hold myself with such gentleness and care because I realize that the trigger is multi-layered and it's deep. Sometimes our wounds are just deep. So we keep unraveling them and maybe they're a little bit easier to deal with and we think that we're done with them and then they're not. Sometimes it takes a while to get to a place where our nervous system is regulating with ease. And then sometimes we actually face ongoing threats and our nervous system doesn't get a break. So important, it's important for us actually to develop the tools, to learn them, to practice the tools that help us be able to be with ourselves, to come back to presence, to come back to our bodies, right? The things that I've been working through, I've worked through them with myself, but they're deep relational wounds. And the person that I'm in a relationship with either has no capacity or desire to do the work with me. I've tried to have conversations. <laughs> they have not gone well, right? And I love the person and I'm not interested in cutting them off. So I've created boundaries so that I can actually have a sense of safety when I'm with them, when I talk to them, and that so that I can take care of myself and find joy and recover a little bit faster. Now, some might judge like, why is this person in your life? But like, this is reality. I think, I think that's reality for a lot of us. You know, we have these complex relationships where we don't want to just kick people to the curb, but we also want that healing. We want the closeness. We want the presence. Um, and I think binary thinking, you know, is dangerous. It's one way that we uphold whiteness. So it's really important for us even to look at how might that binary thinking be shaping how we view our healing journey. Do we view things as either or it either has to be this way or, you know, or that way. And there's nothing in the middle. There's a lot of things in the middle. There's a lot of things in the middle. You know, I love the conversation about boundaries, but people then set boundaries from reactivity and they think that that's the same as from consciousness or people over identify as their trauma response. And then they use that as a reason to not show up in the world, in the world, instead of actually using it as a reason or as a, as a, as the catalyst to do the work. My third point is that some things we cannot complete on our own. Some things we cannot actually heal just on our own. 
there's this idea that if I heal, if I do enough therapy, if I read enough self-help books, if I read enough posts about my Enneagram type on Instagram, I'll be okay. But we are both wounded in and heal in community. Now, that might be the same community, you know, the one that has wounded us that actually works toward harm repair. And it might be a different community that provides us with the love and the care and the respect that we need to rest and find the place where our soft parts don't have to be on guard. Now, one of the biggest gags that we play on ourselves is thinking that we can heal things as individuals that have systemic causes in a one hour weekly therapy session. Now, we can do some processing around it, but honey, we're all going to need to put in the work to change the systems that are leading to our unhealth, to our collective lack of, of wellness, of wholeness, right? At this point in my life, I choose my community carefully. And it's one of the most common things that people say when they're working with me or when I hold an event, they're like, your community is awesome. Yes, it is. Because I'm committed to cultivating relationships with people who are doing the work. They're doing the work. They're not okay triggering me into worthlessness or my abandonment wounds, right? Though that's a high value for me. It's a high value for me. And so who are the people that you're doing life with? Who are the, what, what are the systems that your work is changing? You know, when we say like, when everyone is having the same problem and we're not looking at the system, we're, we're really, we're, we're playing a trick on ourselves. We're playing a trick on ourselves and it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. Okay. Um, so also to this point, you know, you might think that you've worked through something and maybe you have to an extent again, but you really don't know until you encounter that thing again, because our nervous system, once we have had a situation in which we needed to hold on, you know, trauma is really what we hold on to because we need to in order to feel like we have to we have the tools to respond to it so our nervous system does this naturally it holds on to keep us safe now when we're healing our nervous system has to create new patterns often you know if we if we developed patterns when we were six years old and now maybe like me you're like 37 and you know you've been playing out this pattern for that many years it's going to take a while for your nervous system to actually create the pattern of knowing that you are safe. Your nervous system has to repattern and recalibrate. So I think it's important for us to not rush that, to be gentle with ourselves, to hold ourselves so that we are not feeling like something is wrong with us when that's just part of the process. Now, liberation is important in the conversation about healing because ongoing oppression and marginalization that comes from living in a society based upon hierarchy and dehumanization, living in a society that says, um, you know, that's shaped by capitalism that says that your humanity doesn't matter as much as your efficiency does. Those things are going to hinder us. People who hold power and privilege, whether Christian privilege, cisgender privilege, male privilege, white privilege, wealth, privilege, et cetera. Part of your healing is actually looking at how you wield 
societal power and doing the nervous system of unraveling your privilege from who you are because you are not your privilege. Privilege is an inherited social dynamic that you hold, not who you are. And the more you identify with it and over-identify with it, the harder it will be for you to see the ways that your soul suffers when you wield it. And people of color, people of culture, as Resma Menikim says, you know, anyone who's been a part of a group that has been historically marginalized, part of your healing journey has to be really looking at are there any aspects of whiteness that I have clung to from a sense of safety, even when it has not led to a sense of wholeness? And figuring out what, what do you need to let go of? What do you need to let go of? And the last thing I want to riff on is that I believe healing work is best done when we come from knowing that we're already whole, that we're already enough when we can understand that, maybe we can actually start to see our wounds not as something that makes us broken and something that we need to be ashamed of, but simply as something that is part of our humanity. And that being hurt and being human doesn't change our fundamental worthiness or value in any way. Healing is about isn't is not about fixing ourselves because there's nothing to fix. It's about deeper presence with ourselves, with the world. It's about increasing our capacity to be, which might be de mean dealing with your attachment style, with hard things, with the reacti reactivity of your Enneagram type. But that's all just part of this journey of being human, right? It's a journey of our humanity where we get to let go of stuff and we also get to embrace the, the wholeness that is already present within ourselves. Okay, maybe one last thought, maybe, maybe, we'll see. The more we choose the path to healing, um, really the easier it is to see ourselves as we are and others as they are. And the more we do that, the more related we can be to ourselves, to others and the world from a more genuine place. Now, that doesn't mean we'll be pain-free. Healing is not about making ourselves less human. It's not about making ourselves unwoundable. That's just our ego speaking. Being unwoundable means that we also do not have space to let the good in. No, thank you. Now, there's a lot of questionable social media, Enneagram teaching on healing and other teaching on healing. And we have to ask ourselves, is this journey leading to flourishing? Is it me doubling down on the protection of my type? Or is it actually allowing me to have more agility, to have a, a breadth of experiences outside of the narrow focus of my type. All right, now I'm really done. I'm really done. What do you think? How do you define healing? What has your healing journey been? Head over to the Anti-Racist Enneagram and let me know. From love and for liberation, peace. Yeah.